Before we get started, let me tell you about patreon.com slash experience. There we have exclusive shows such as So Tell Me, an introspective show about my life. That's what So Tell Me is. People apparently love that show a lot. <laughs> um, Hard Asses with Jody B. That is the show that me and Jody B do monthly that um, gets a little while. The D&D Podcast, which is a show I do with my son, which is a review show of movies and TV shows and stuff like that. You get to see the side, other side of my son. And we have much, much more stuff to check out there. We also have a show with Mike Fowler and other things that you will just love. So go on Patreon.com slash Delvin Cox Experience. Also, shout out to Patreon producers, Ben Goodwin, A.K. Ghost Rider UK, Mikey Famine, and Douglas Regert Johnson. Thank you guys. Peace. Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I'm on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and with me on the podcast is some brothers who, who do a very interesting podcast that I, I, I'm digging, I'm digging so far. I think it's really fascinating. I, th- I, I love that we're at this level where we can just kind of say what's on our mind with podcasts now and just do our thing, and I love the fact that you guys kind of like, hey, we're going forward with our name. And when I saw the name, like, oh, I, because my girl Chauncey was on the podcast, and I was like, I have to listen to this podcast. So, the host of the White People Won't Save You podcast, we have Cam on and we have Jordan. How you brothers doing? Good, good. Good. Thank you. Thank you for having us on. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. As always, we like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five minutes to get the ball rolling. You guys can tag team on the questions. So, Cam Jordan, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Question number one. This is going to be a fun one. If you could take any group from the 80s and 90s, 80s or 90s, either one, and bring them to modern time, like, for example, like, like let's say Big Daddy Kane. You're taking him from the 80s when he started in the 80s, and he will be starting this generation. Who are you bringing? Cam, you want to go first? You want me to live? What you got one? Do you got one? Uh, so <laughs> I was, <laughs> I, I, I think about it two ways, because if you're thinking about like who would be successful okay. today, <laughs> and then who who would I like to see today? I think who would be successful probably would be Joe to see. 
<laughs> that's just, a good answer. Oh man, numbers. <laughs> they answer. do they do numbers. Just do that again. Like and Jodeci in the nineties was like we were already kind of pushing the boundaries, but today it would just be like, look, this this is <laughs> no filter. We're we're doing it. Uh and I think you know yeah, ain't nobody are, begging like Jodeci. Well, no, no, and no oh, Drake. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the other thing though is that they would be able to collaborate with all of the artists today and i think they and drake and right. like other people like that they would kind of fit what's happening now you know who i thought of in that same vein ll cool mm. yeah for sure oh I mean, for sure well you probably could put take ll cool out at any time put him in <laughs> at any time he'll still be relevant yeah. but LL Cool Well, Drake I mean, he's, that's why they have him host the uh, Grammys and whatever. That's yeah. why they got him hosting still. But yeah. They love him. Yes. Oh. Young yeah. LL Cool J today would be killing hip hop. Yeah. Especially the style he did with like songs yeah. like Hey Lover, like the mix of like street hip hop songs and then the mix of like R&B songs. He is like. He had the lover songs too, yeah. Yeah, he's like Drake, but better. Like Drake 2.0, like, hey. You well, that's, yeah, that's the issue is like Drake, I think maybe because, you know, LL, how much you believe his, his street side, you know, like, it's not like he wasn't out there doing things. He was from Queens, yeah, you know, in the eighties. So like, I, I, I believe he has stripes of a sort, but like LL wasn't hard. Like I'm out here, like, you know, dealing yeah. and like doing all this other stuff, but like, he was like, you can try it if you want. Yes, he was <laughs> And we'll see what happens. And I think Drake Drake doesn't have that level of believability where it's like, I don't know, Drake. Like people people might be sizing you up and thinking, I I, I got a shot. I, I <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that the fascinating thing between those two is the fact that people want Drake to be more like LL Cool J in terms of like LL will give us like three or four love songs. They give you like Three or four real hard hip hop songs like "I Shot You," right? Four, three, yep. two, one. I'm right. bad. Yeah, right. Drake would give you like ten or twelve pop hits, and then may give you like one or two rap songs that you might dig. Right, I know, but and the rap songs be good too. That's yeah. also the problem. It's like that's why I'm, I keep coming back to him. I call it like. Uh, you know, like uh, Oliver Twist, like the gruel. Like I feel <laughs> like just Drake is just serving up that gruel, and I'm like, yes, please, could I have some more? When he when he does the gully tracks, when he does like the like fair trade or something like that, I'm like, yo, dog. Yep, Drake, yes. give me that dude, man. <laughs> when he does like the four, the time zone songs and stuff like that, like yeah, this is what I want. Right, right. Cam, oh, yeah. right. you got to give us one though. You can't duck the question. Who's? <laughs> I, I was trying. <laughs> I was trying. Um. You know, from the 80s, dang. You know what? I feel like a girl group would hit hard now. Yeah. So if you did something like like one of Prince's little girl groups that he had, mm-hmm. like oh. Mary Jane Girls or like Vanity Six or something like that, if you did that now, that would that pop. Would and if they were good songs like the Prince songs were, like the right. like the Mary Jane Girls songs that he had, the, the old Rick James songs that they were writing for them, if you had something like that, nah, that would hit. That would hit. I agree. Little girl group, put that together. I like it. <laughs> All right. Good answer. Good answer. Question number two. If we were to have a battle royal of all the serial mascots, like Tony the Tiger, the Cinnamon Toast Crunch <laughs> Bakers, 
All those guys. Just one big battle royal. Who, who's winning? Who's crazy? You know what I mean? Like, who do you think is willing to do whatever? Uh, I'm going to say Count Choculus. Like, outlasting everybody, first of all. Because he's a vampire. So that's a good you, can't point. Do, you, can't kill, you can't kill him unless you stake him out. Is that canonical, though? Is he, like, legit? Or is he just is that, or is he is that in character? He's oh, so you like, think he might he... be a crackhead? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say like, <laughs> you know, just a dude. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, what is Frankenberry really a Frankenstein? Like, true, true. Uh, it might be. Uh, I don't, well, uh, you know, because I mean, I would assume being, so. If we're if we're keeping right. it a hundred, then like Raisin Brand, two scoops is the sun. And I feel like you can't. Oh yeah! <laughs> I completely like, forgot about the the, the raisin brand son. This is why I love having Jordan on because he brings the science too. He's like undisputably, it's the sun. No, no, it might I be hard to top because I hate raisin brands. That's like the old man cereal. Yeah, it's not. It's not. But they gonna win. They gonna win. That's what it's about. It's about longevity, brother. Like here, here's here's the sun. <laughs> Uh, yes, you can't. You can't beat the sun. Try to think of that's, that's a good fair. answer. Yeah, I mean, you know, like Lucky. Lucky seems like he's not all there. Uh, Tricked Rabbit nah, also seems yeah. like he might distracted. You know, push come to shove, he might. You know, yeah, he might I go stand. some places. <laughs> yeah. Might plot that. Yeah, shit. the the Cheerios be. He's too small to like do any real damage. You know. No. Plus, Bees, they only got like one stab, right? And that's it. It's a wrap. They can't. Yeah. Die. Yeah. Like, you can't come at me with the one and I'm I'll just alerted to him for a couple hours. They don't battle royale nothing. Yeah. yeah. Cookie Chris Wolf seems on him. Oh. Yeah. He told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, oh, yeah. If you give him a little cocaine, if you give him a little, you know, a little on the side, yeah. Cookie Chris might do some damage. <laughs> he, he definitely is like on that meth. Yeah, I've, I've, seen, like, I've seen some cookie crisps in Miami. <laughs> Quite a few. Cool. Oh, give me your money. <laughs> give me that. All right. Question number three. This is for both of you guys. Don't get me in trouble. I don't want to get any of us arrested based off the answer to this all right, question. All right. What's the dumbest thing either of you did as a kid? Oh, man. There you go. Yeah, I got uh, it. I, I got always it. have oh, okay. to phrase it. Don't say anything illegal. Because one time I asked that question, and they just started saying mad illegal shit. I'm like, yo, you can't say that. People listen to me. <laughs> no, <too>. we, <laughs> we. Yeah, I was about to say, we got a podcast, bro. We're we not dangerous people, bro. We're not like. <laughs> we're not like, We don't have histories that we can't really speak of. <laughs> uh,. Nah, for me, it's like the guarantee. The one I think about every time is um, when I was a kid, I guess this is like fifth grade or something like that. But they told you like, hey, everybody, don't put hairpins in electrical sockets because that equals danger. Don't do that. Just don't do it. Don't even test it out. Don't nothing. So, I, you know, of course, go home and my dumb ass tested it out. At the time when I was testing it out, my father was putting uh, like a new dresser drawer in my bedroom. Oh, like he was installing it. So I'm sitting there doing my scientific experiment. He's helping put my clothes away. And I, I didn't tell him I was doing it or anything. I was just beside him at the time. And there I go. I zapped myself across the room. <laughs> and all he did, all he did was look at me and just shake his head. Just like, that's, 
Yeah. That's my little dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've had that expressed with my son several times. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I think that was the, I think that was the peak of disappointment for my father. Yeah. <laughs> I too I too did touch an electric fence one time. Uh and it was it was it wasn't quite like Kid from Jurassic Park where he like flew back. Uh but yeah. it definitely was like I, I didn't do that again. That was yeah. You learn. <laughs> you learn. I experienced. Well, I didn't touch the electric fence, but I was. I want to say I was in second grade, and I was walking with some white kids, right? Walking home from school because I lived in story already off to a bad start. Yeah, and the white kids was like, "Hey, let's go jump this fence." I'm like, "Hey, it says it's electric. It's an electric fence. Don't touch it." Oh, that should be fine. You touch like no, do not touch it. Fortunately, they listened to me <laughs> because they didn't listen to me. I feel well, like I'd be in prison right now. <laughs> but see, but also, if you weren't there, you might not have seen those kids the next day. That might have been uh... yeah, no, right because it was a big sign said "danger electrified," and I'm like, yeah. But it took your <laughs> it took you telling them yes, to let them know, hey, but, don't don't do that. Yeah, like no, don't touch the fence. But I vividly <laughs> remember that. Because I was like, we were like walking home, and it was like, I think it was a power plant or some shit like that. But it was like a giant. Yeah, definitely sign. don't touch it. <laughs> it was yeah, like a giant sign, like "Do not touch electrified." There's certainly, you know, a, a level of presumed invulnerability when you're a kid that you just like. But I'm not gonna die, you know. What That's I mean? crazy. Like, but at a certain, still, common sense would say big X danger skull, skull and crossbones. Like maybe don't like cartoonishly do that <laughs> i was about to say like it's it's incredible the amount of things like we survived as kids we just like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do that yeah. whatever that oh. thing is i'm gonna do it i'm gonna live through it i'll be all right yeah oh yeah i've had plenty of moments with, like that like i used to skateboard and when i used to fall i get right back up like nothing happened now if i try to yep. skateboard Ooh. now i fall that might be it that might be the yeah, end of the road for me <laughs> yeah there's a three in front of my age that's where we're at yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Question number four. This is going to be a fun one. Well, these are all things been fun so far. Take politics out of it. What is the dumbest thing you've seen a celebrity tweet or say? I mean, I, 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 I say this. One. Because I had one today that I I I was on a I was on a show today, and I was telling my friends on the show about how Patrick Mahomes' wife they did like a little video together, and they and and she was asked he asked her what's his favorite cheat food, and she just said like with confidence fried chicken <laughs> with that voice and no Patrick Mahomes' wife uh. is a very white woman. <laughs> Oh yes! Oh yes! And she said, "Like she was a plantation owner." And he, and he, was, he, he immediately said, "Nope, that is not it." <laughs> then, she, then she just, and then she proceeded to just go down all the chickens. <laughs> and he was like, "No, it's Mexican food." Uh, uh, this is one of the up. most awkward, funniest videos I've ever seen in my life. They gonna have a talk. <laughs> they gonna have a talk, and he, he just gonna go in another room and just stare at them two rings for a while just like okay it was all it was all worth it it was all worth it he got got a new one he got a new one he's gonna be like it's just you and me baby (laughs) (laughs) you and me super bowl championship yeah that's that's right (laughs) 
I had to look it up because I, 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 as soon as you asked the question, I knew what it was in my mind. I just blanked the specifics from my mind because it was so stupid and insane. Okay. I, I know we all remember back in the in the good old days of 2020. Oh, what about one, favorite years? One Terry for <laughs> Cruz, who had a lot of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Whole lot of and, fuckery in 2020. <laughs> but specific, I mean, you know, he said he said a lot of wild shit. But specifically, when he treated, when he tweeted out, "Conquer our own negativity," or "coon." <laughs> what? Oh, oh yes, Yo, I do remember this. He tried I'm back. to make it into an acronym. <laughs> Yo, I forgot about that. He didn't delete that tweet. No, I mean maybe I'm I'm looking it up from just a story with somebody had the screenshot, but like because oh. I forgot what it had. I mean, why would I remember what he thought it stood for? But I just yeah. remember that's like Pete not reading the room. That sounds yeah. like some shit that caught caught the wood right off South Park. <laughs> oh my god! You know, like trying yeah. to be racist, but yeah. or just like or or Stan's dad would like inadvertently like. You know, write down on the whiteboard at work, and then look down and be like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> exactly, exactly." I, I completely forgot the era where people just hated Terry Crews. Yeah, that was a he, fun era. He dug in, man. I, you know, like he he went on a whole ride. He went from you know part of the Me Too movement, and everybody been like, "Oh man, Terry, like that's terrible." To like, guess what yeah. I'm gonna say today? It, <laughs> it was my dude was on. It was such an store because he like went from like people feeling sorry for him, except black man. Black man was like, "Fuck you, Terry Crews. You can disappoint that." And then, and then people started hating him, and then black people were like, "Black man was like, yeah, see, we told you something wrong with this dude." And, then, and now he's like in this place where people kind of love him again. Yeah, and I think just, everybody kind of blocked that that moment yep. out of their minds. Uh, but I but I don't forget. <laughs> it was, I, was about to say, hey, I remember Jordan it. Jordan keeps the receipts. Because he kept like trying to tweet himself out of it. And, and it got it kept getting worse and worse. There were there were a lot of things that happened suspect in 2020 that I would never forget. Of uh, people just tweeting shit that sounded so wild and people th- think we forgot about it. No, we didn't forget no. about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cam, you got one? Well, I don't I don't know if it outdoes Terry Crews right there. That I mean <laughs> that was a good that's one. like the epitome of like not reading the room, bro. Yeah. It's like you just you not paying attention. You and then is I can imagine like him typing it and then like looking in a mirror immediately. <laughs> just like, oh damn. No, he was Wait. like, look, I, I look, shouldn't have let that I, I turned it around. I got him. They didn't think about no, it like this. It, yeah, he just convincing himself. It's like, no, nah, what I, I meant to say was, I, I understand what I meant. Yeah, it's, no, it's when they correct. see it, when they see it spelled out like that, they then they'll they be like, understand. oh, right. <laughs> but they're not going to understand that it's me either. They're not going to know that. Such a wild tweet. That's a good one, though. I think that's the winner. All right. Yeah, that, that might have to be. Question number five. Zombie apocalypse happens walking dead style. Each of you can only take five things to survive. I know you're shaking your head because you're like, black people don't survive in the walking dead. Yeah. You're correct. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. 
I was like, damn, well, T-Dog. Well, let's just go to the fantasy that one of us might actually make it. All right, all right. Oh, but yeah, RIP my dog, T-Dog. Sit on yeah. top of that building somewhere. T-Dog, Tyree. There's been so many who done died walking Sorry. What five things you taking with you to go survive in the first, like, let's say it's the first couple of days, the beginning of the um, zombie apocalypse? Boy, survive? I mean, I, you know, it's not a situation that I think about often, but anytime I've imagined it, like, I don't think I'm, unless I have to leave, do I got to go somewhere? Yes, you have to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Zombie I, said broken into your house, you have to go uh, somewhere. God damn it. Well, I mean, I probably take my cat. Although, you know, like she loves well, to run wait, and roam. So the I don't cat I don't, won't your cat won't count because family and pets okay. I don't count them. Just supplies. Anything you want to take, by the uh, way. Yeah, I mean like if it, if all five can't be food. <laughs> they can. Yes, yeah, so all five can't be different foods. <laughs> they can. I don't know how long you survive like that. I'll take so you know I'll take let's just say food generally okay. water generally okay um like I you know I I don't know I've got to get just like some good good shoes you know that are gonna last however long I gotta be out here uh so some Chuck Taylors versatile you know versatile <laughs> if I gotta if I gotta run you know like you want to be able to to book it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was about to say you're not gonna go far in no Chuck Taylor. You go ahead and feet my most uncomfortable shoes that. ever. Yeah, or like just some like Timberlands or like you're gonna. That's that's a wrap. Yeah. Um, I mean, I because weapons, I feel like I could find. You know, like I feel like that would be something that just in in the world, you know, I could improvise Art. something. So you know, okay. I don't know if I need to to carry it on me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I ain't gotta have that thing on me. Give that thing on me, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking around. I'm just like, what is what is essential to keep me alive? You know, I mean, I probably foolishly take a book just so like I wouldn't just be staring into the void, okay. you know, or have something to That's distract fair. my mind from uh, what's going on. Although, what book do you take? Uh, it's it's tough because you want something that's like a favorite like like an invisible man or something where it's just like oh i can get lost in this or you want something that's like not gonna depress me okay <laughs> so, so you won't be taking roots i take it yeah <laughs> i don't know i got a bunch of like comics and graphic novels to the to the left of me maybe i'll take like a like a sandman or something just kind of like fantastical to get lost okay. in um and then just, I mean, yeah, it depends on what time of year it is, because you might need just like a blanket or something to keep warm. You know, you don't want to be, don't you? You're gonna be outside, but you want to be outside, outside. You want to be, you know, comfortable enough that you don't freeze to death before Good the point. zombies get Real survivalist. <laughs> Good point. Real survivalist. Beat that, Cam. <laughs> All right. Well, definitely food and water. So okay. that's two out the out the gate. Uh, you could we can group a bunch of various stuff in the food yeah, yeah. and in water um i'm gonna find a generator bro and i'm bringing my playstation <laughs> i'm gonna, i'm gonna figure it out okay i'm gonna figure it out but that but but then you're gonna need you gotta have a playstation but you got something to play it on so that's you're gonna need a tv or a that's along the way, hey, bro like i'm taking it along the way you're just gonna okay. post I'm not up. Gonna stay in one place so yeah, you're gonna I'm gonna take... post up in like 
Food, water, and a well, generator. Say, yeah, food, water, and a mini generator. Okay. And dang, and and then my place is so that's like four already. Dang, I'm you might as well get you might as well get a switch then. Oh, Steam Deck. Oh, bet. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They're pretty okay, good. Okay, 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 okay. Steam Deck's pretty you're good. Right, you're right. You're right. We are civilized people here. Uh, <laughs> I will take a, I will take the Steam Deck. We don't even need the generator because I'm gonna find those as we go. Yeah. Uh, all right. So two more, two more. Okay. You know, I am a book person too. I am a book person. When it comes down to it, I, I probably will take a book, and I'll probably take. You know what? <laughs> a, a friend of mine let me House of Leaves. I don't know if y'all ever y'all y'all know that book. The the know. one where it's like, it's it's written in a weird way. It's like eight nine hundred pages. It's a huge yeah. damn book, and it's written in like upside down and. Some pages of oh, like yeah, the text yeah, yeah. is written in a spiral, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, some pages like some of the text is only in a corner, and like it's your job to read the book as like kind of a choose your own adventure sort Absolutely of thing. Not. I'm not doing that. Shit. I have the time. No, it's a wrap, dog. It's a, that. it's a wrap. That sounds horrible. Yeah. I gotta read it like a spiral and read it backwards and I, get a, a magnifying glass. I, I, Am I your first guest to take like puzzles into the apocalypse? Yes, yes you are. <laughs> like, oh so I'll take this two thousand piece Lego set with me. Oh and, uh, oh while I God. while I outlast the alien while I outlast the aliens or the zombies, uh, I put together like this uh, scale model of the Empire State Building. You know, that's yeah. how I get down. Yeah. Um, lucky lasties. What else do I take? Oh, uh, uh, you know what? You know what? I'm going to take. Dang. <laughs> I know this is, this is, this it's is hard. tough. Uh, it's really hard. You know, Cause I can't think about it in the moment. And too, in the moment, I'm, I can't be thinking about this. Like, I, I got to go. Well, you got to pack a go. Uh, I'm, you got to have I'm a panicking. Flashlight, flashlight, because it's gonna be dark, okay. and after sure. dark, I'm gonna be screwed. Yeah, so yeah, definitely yeah. gotta have the flashlight, you know. Yeah, okay. you're gonna be cold. I'm gonna be in the dark. We're both dead. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. What? What? I, I Together, we make these... one person with a Lego set and a and a gener- and a Steam Deck. What? What? And I play about, multiplayer. The question is always the answer people give because they always give like vastly different answers. Like some of the best answers I got was somebody said like a bicycle. So you can always be able That's to fair. That's true. Yeah, you can always travel. Like you would you get tired, obviously, but like after a while you could go long distances real quick. Yeah, but yeah. that's the thing. What's that? if if one of those uh wheels pop? Look at like, for you your know, legs. You the tube in to like, you know what I mean? I'm a bike owner <laughs> and I've I've popped the the tube on my bike more times than I can count doing things that I don't even know what happened. I just look down in the tires flat and I'm like, well. That's I, it for today. <laughs> I feel like you can find ways to fix that or get new tubes. Sure. For a bike. Yeah, you definitely gonna find oxygen. Like they probably ate, you know, they probably ate the dude who works at the bike shop. You good off that. Like I, I'm going to Best Buy immediately after zombie apocalypse. <laughs> That's a crazy. I'm getting a 4K camcorders. I'm getting TVs. And then I'm gonna just power my shit with a generator. I'm gonna be living in the free world, bro. Yeah. Well. What, what, Hopefully, what I, I see you out there, Cam. <laughs> when I always watch the like, why not like hold up in like a grocery store or uh, even a Best That's Buy? That's what I'm saying. Like that. That's be the first place thing you should do. Like, oh, we're taking over this Best Buy. 
Yeah, it's go to a Wayman's. Hold it down in a Wayman's. Yeah, we we watched um, the Quiet Place recently for our show, and yeah. like that was one of those things where it's like, if you the white people definitely ain't saving you on that show. Well, no. Oh no, <laughs> hell no. If you if you, I understand like the idea that people are quote unquote dangerous in the sense of like you don't know you know these these people and people willing to do anything to survive but like there is an idea of strength and numbers and like yes. if you gotta i would i would rather take the chance with with some people than just some random zombies who are gonna like i know what their intentions are they're gonna eat me you know there's no talking my way out of that situation there's no and oh, I hell yeah no, it's a wrap That's- i have no value to them other than food like i can provide a value to people you know, like we can work out some kind of situation where, you know, we're exchanging goods or labor or whatever, but like zombies are zombies. Like they got one thing on their mind and it's my mind. Yes. So. <laughs> All right. Let, let's, let's get right to it, brothers. Let everybody know what your podcast is about. What your podcast is for those who don't know. Um, I, I, I'll go for it. I'll go yeah, for like, it. Who's um, go ahead, Cam. Sure, sure. Uh, Jordan came to me with the idea, so I so I can't take all the credit. But uh, what we it's do okay, you can. is uh, <laughs> no, please, please, no, please, definitely not. Um, but yeah, so we have a podcast called um, "White People Won't Save You," where we uh, kind of investigate the white savior trope in film and cinema, and try to recontextualize those movies to center the POC characters or black characters in them and see if you know see what's up with, with these movies and why that why they think that white people need to come into black and brown communities and save people like we're really just investigating like the why of it all why do why does it seem to be a trope that persists yeah you know why do why do they keep doing it you know what i found interesting about it because when i when i saw the name of your podcast and i thought about it for a minute I like, God damn, this is like almost in every movie. Like I start I start like thinking back in my head on like some of my favorite movies like uh Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Like, oh, that was one hundred percent the whole white savior thing. Oh, yeah. Like and then like even like movies where you have like like Terminator. <laughs> like, you know, the white guy comes from the future to save the the whole white savior of the whole generation. John Connor, the future savior of the world, like of mankind, like, huh? It's yep. like it's it's like <laughs> such a interesting trope that's kind of in everything. So, I, so when I thought about it more, I'm like, this is a brilliant idea for a podcast. Well, it's also like it it's it's in everything, and it's insidious in a sense where you think about we've done movies like. Um, the Disney Tarzan movie. We did uh, movies like The Indian in the Covered. Um, we did movies like uh, <laughs> Kazam. I was going to say Kazam. Because <laughs> he literally free. He gives Shaq his freedom. Yes, he gives Shaq his freedom. <laughs> that is still a, a little wild. a little ten year old white boy frees Shaq. Yes, <laughs> at the end of that movie. And even like, you know, we did cool runnings, like all of these movies where even like as a kid, like it's just it's being imprinted on you and you're not thinking about it, obviously, like you're just like, oh, this is a funny movie or there's Shaq or, you know, like you're enjoying whatever shenanigans are happening. 
but like it, it's kind of the subtle thing that's been worked into so many different forms of media that like once mm-hmm. once we started doing the show like i if i it's not even that i see it everywhere <laughs> but it, it it's it's also that like i've i'm really less forgiving of it because you should know better by now you know what yeah. i mean like it, at, at a certain point yeah. it was it wasn't like oh yeah like who who could have told us you know that was the what 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 diversity and an equity department could have came to us and said Mm-mm, don't do that like you knew in 1980 and 1990 in the early 2000s when they made the blind side when they made green book like you you had a idea that this was not a thing to do and yet that kept happening so what one thing i always go back to especially now because when i look back i'm like this is really wild it's the dukes of hazard I remember how popular the Dukes of Hazard was as a series. And I remember mm. having the car. Mm-hmm. I remember my friends having the car. And now the, the General like, Lee, right? Yes. And now I look back and like, yo, why was this a thing? Why were they like, why was it why one why was it a TV show where you have this car with the Confederate flag on top of it and it's being celebrated? And then when you when you really look back in even further. The the sh- the show ended up getting a movie like like they they like they like rebooted it for a movie when I think Johnny Knoxville yeah. was the star of it so it, they yeah. brought it yeah, they brought yeah. the idea back I'm like this is kind of wild <laughs> this is the thing well look we did we did an episode with uh the people at Watts Productions shout out Watts Productions uh about uh ooh what's the what's the TV show with um. Oh, uh, different strokes. We did different. We did a whole <laughs> episode about different strokes, and like that was one of the most popular shows of the eighties. One of my favorite and shows. The time. And it's literally just yeah. a white family adopts two black kids, and, and, and their it lives is literally are a white savior. Now. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you do you know the story about why he adopted them? It makes it even from more the, wilder when you really look into it. From the from the show standpoint, or from the from show the, standpoint. Uh, wasn't it his mom was the housekeeper exactly and, like, she died and then right and she died was like yo come live with me but it wasn't that- like yo come live with me like i really want you to come live with me but like i guess it was like i got it i got it due diligence yeah essentially the, yeah that <laughs> philip drummond's quote-unquote maid died and he was like okay i'll just take your black kids in yeah that's essentially what happened that's a wild concept for a show and they're like, how many seasons can we get out of this? <laughs> they milked that little boy. They milked him. And then they and what, then they were like, not, what if we eight, did it nine again seasons? And just called it Webster. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird thing. Some of the things I look at now that I watch as a kid, I realize I see as an adult, like, this was kind of weird. Like even like Punky Brewster. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that that little girl mm-hmm. being homeless and just decided to live with this white guy. Like, <laughs> like, like that's not how things are. But you see how the you see how the narratives are different though, that Punky yeah. Bruce had the opportunity. Punky Bruce had opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Dookie the, the was a doctor. Different, <laughs> boom, boom. Them kids, them kids on different shows, they were just sitting there when their mom died and they was like, damn, this is this is gonna be rough. And then, and then if you if you watch the show like I did, at some point I think the dad comes back. He does come back, yeah. And then he the the yeah. kids still don't go with the dad. 
think they'll go with the dad and i feel like they're i think because we for for our episode we watched one where another family member came back and then was like oh no it's better that you live with yeah. the white people yeah oh, because no because there was also one where a black family tried to adopt them tried to adopt them and, and then they were the like no the episode, they we, were made, like, we made nah. the mistake <laughs> you're clearly in a loving white home you should stay <laughs> it is it's so crazy a, it's such a wild that episode thing. was hilarious <laughs> even the black family came in there and it was like dad we got it pretty good i mean we rich black but we ain't this rich god nah. damn 20th 20th floor 20th mm. floor you got a central park view i'm so sorry i even bothered you today <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> Boy, it's just such a wild era. So let me, let me ask you guys. But first, how did you guys meet? That's my first question because we didn't even get into that. Yeah, Cam Cam is the brother of uh, a former roommate of mine and coworker of mine. Uh, so I lived with the sister and worked with the sister for a while. We knew each other. Like, kind of, he would come by every once in a while and like we talk and hang out. Um, but I. Yeah, because he lives in New York and I live in Baltimore. He's okay. from Baltimore. Uh, but like, yeah, like it was never like, oh, Cam's like around. So like we can hang out and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but like we're, you know, like like you are on the Internet, like people are kind of like in the periphery of like your social. So like we would interact from time to time, but it was never like like we do now. Um, right. But I knew Cam Cam is Cam is an actor uh, and Cam knows film like I saw that very, very well. Uh, so like <laughs> when I was thinking about somebody to do the show with, I was like, well, I mean, Cam is like, that's the two things, you know what I mean? Somebody who knows what it's like <laughs> to be in this world on these sets, you know, having maybe even like gone through situations like this, uh, but also can speak to movies, like the making of movies, um, you know, like watching a movie and be able to like break down all the different aspects of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, like we, I don't know. I lived with Kemet from like 2009. Nine? Yeah. Like, yeah. Early so 2010. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Kemet. And yeah, we just. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me ask you what, what stuff have you worked on? Because since you're acting, I'm curious. Uh, short, you know, a couple, couple, uh, short films here and there. Uh, I've been to some film festivals, but nothing, nothing crazy, nothing popping like Sundance yet. Not yet, not yet. But um, I've done some commercials. I got, I got one out right now for Harry's Dad, uh, Harry's Razors, no free ads. But uh, we, we got one out for Harry's Razors right now. I'm gonna edit that we out. Got one. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. They paid me. It's all good. Um. I've done stuff for like, you know, Truth Campaign and MTV and, uh, you know, a lot of sketch comedy, a lot of like UCB and uh, People's Improv Theater adjacent stuff over the years. And um, if you're in New York, you can pretty much see me like still performing. And uh, I was doing some stand up for a bit, but, you know, that wasn't really cooking. And now I'm. I'm working on, you know, trying to make a movie this year. So we got some things cooking in the fire. So yeah, yeah, we just, we just trying to, you know, still make movies. That's really what it is. Uh, I came here to be an actor and hopefully, you know, we still going to be an actor long time from now. I I like it. I like it. I like it. Definitely. And Jordan, you worked on, um, there was a milestone initiative, right? Yep. 
What was Ooh. that like? That was crazy. Because <laughs> I am a huge Milestone Comics fan. Yeah, like, I that's mean, my like, era. We, uh, I think it was Dwayne's birthday yesterday, right? Yes, yeah. it was. Yep. Yeah, it was wild because, like, obviously, growing up, um, you know, in the '90s, like that was the milestone heyday. But even more so, like for me, watching the Static Shot cartoon yes. and all that, like that was like, whoa, this is like a foundational, you know, thing of my childhood. And then getting the call to to be part of that that program was like, one, you know, it's it's validation, you know, and uh, also just being selected because it was it was dennis and reggie who did the you know basically the main selecting so like having them say yes you know you 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 like we give you the thumbs up like that's tremendous but then also dc comics was very much so behind it and they treated us very well they took us out to burbank to see the headquarters and all that stuff we got to like sit down and talk with reggie and dennis and like hear stories from them about the the creation of milestone but also just like their work in the media industry um but then also yeah i got to write a static shock story for the anthology and like just being trusted to Ooh. do that like being given Ooh. that stamp you it's know it's kind of like sur surreal yeah i mean i think about it and yeah you know the beautiful thing too is i got to meet you know a bunch of creators you know who are my peers you know on the same level as me um but all these different comic creators of color and that's one of the things that i've, I've always been looking to kind of find is like that community of people like-minded people similar experiences um and well, so to, to be able to kind friends, of then. I gotta... yeah yeah for sure. hey let me know you know because <laughs> uh, yeah like being able to meet these these people and like we're we're working on stuff together and like you know helping each other uh kind of navigate the industry so it's nice to have people who you know you can speak you can speak honestly with <laughs> about <Yes>. things uh <laughs> and also um you know are are there to support you you know when you're kind of feeling like oh man i don't know and they're like no that's a great idea like keep doing that like you got it um so yeah overall tremendous tremendous experience that's that's dope so, so let me ask you both this since we talk about your show what is the I guess best way to describe what's the worst thing you guys have watched for the show or reviewed for the show? We were like this. We just watch bad movies. Like we we watch out of. I just watched something just terrible. Like just forty minutes ago, this is one of the worst movies I've watched. It's not one of the worst offending movies, but it's definitely one of the worst pieces of trash I've ever watched. I, don't, I actually don't even know how it got made. I was sitting there thinking. Um, it's it's a movie called Enemy Territory. Came out in '87. It's that is starring a generic Ray Park. I've ever heard one, bro. This movie is generic. This movie is crazy. It got I made. Bet, I bet starring... you cannot guess who is in this. Actually, movie. I yes. I want you to get because I think this is what we're gonna do when we record the episode. I want you to take three guesses. We'll give you uh one of them. I'll give you a low key plot. I'll give you a low key plot. Yeah, okay. go ahead. So basically the movie is about an insurance salesman who has to go to the hood to sell uh telephone insurance to an old black lady and a gang called the vampires pops off in the projects and this white man has to escape with his life. The fuck? 1987. <laughs> there you go. I don't even know. 1987. Two two of them are horror uh, adjacent or horror like yes specifically. Uh, one of them was like basically like the 
I guess you would say one of the, like the ideal black woman of the nineties. Yeah. Of the nineties. Yeah. Of the nineties. Cause I was going to say Marla Gibbs for a second. No, even though Marla Gibbs could have been in this movie as the yeah. old lady for that, sure. That's who it sounds like. Well, I think of the old yeah. lady, like yeah, could have been Marla Gibbs. No, so she's she's younger. This is actually her film debut in 1987. Ooh, this would be her film debut. I don't know. This movie sounds like some shit off of Tubi. It could oh. it absolutely could be. This it should have stars been. one Ray Parker Jr. of Ghostbusters. Fans. What? Right. Yes, the Ghostbusters dude. I didn't even know he acted. Get, wait, wait, get, give, give it to him. Give it to him. Give another one. Tony Todd. Tony, Tony Todd, Todd is the, okay. ga- Candy is the man. gang leader. Candy he's man. The gang leader? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He's great. He's actually the only great part about the movie. <laughs> Everything else is Tony utter Todd's garbage, amazing. but he is great. Uh, Stacy Dash is. <laughs> what year was this? 87. 87. 87? This is before Clueless. This is before all of that. Like this that is, is so weird. Everything. I would have never guessed her. Her. No. Yeah. And it's just like you watch it, and, and like Cab said, it's almost, it's almost a fever dream, uh, because like, yeah, it's just like the most random things happen. The most random lines happen. Uh, oh, I, I spent half the note taking just writing down these lines. These lines are so, so bad. What, what's the thing where the, uh, one of the guys said, the, so the white guy who's selling the insurance, he basically they're up high on these projects. They're on like the 20th floor. Your guy goes, I'm up on the 20th floor, about to swing out into nothing with $6,000 in my pocket. And I don't know how I got here. Oh my god! And then the black guy, Ray Parker Jr., asks him, "Well, what's so funny about that?" And he just responds, "Black humor." <laughs> wow! What? What? Yeah, it's it's bad. I think I wonder who the director was. I want them I mean, fired. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's not somebody like, who made a lot of movies. Like who, whatever they're doing now. I, was say, now, I don't think they. I want them it, fired from that now. If they're working like a Taco Bell, <laughs> I would like them fired from Taco Bell. <laughs> Cam, did you catch who was the director of photography? Yes, I did. Um, this director of photography is Ernest Dickerson, who was Spike Lee's yes! director of photography on Do the Right Thing and like <laughs> Malcolm X. Like many movies. Too, many movies. And actually, the old lady is um, the woman who played Aunt Song in Crooklyn. Yeah. And she ends the movie with a shotgun in her. She got a shotgun. She blew yeah, away she, she gang members. <laughs> this movie this is, is actually yeah, but insane. I, to, to, to possibly top that, though, if you're asking what's the craziest movie we've seen, I think we go back and forth on it, but one movie we can't agree, we will never forget. <laughs> we literally had to buy it because yeah. we couldn't stream it because <laughs> it's not anywhere. It's a movie called White Man's Burden, which stars John Travolta <laughs> and oh. Harry Belafonte. Oh, this sounds like... It's, it's literally Travolta's first project right after Pulp Fiction, so it's like 95. And, and it's, it's an... The, go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say, and it's, and it's... Tarantino doesn't have anything to do with it, but it is his production company, and it is the guy who like helps him produce a bunch of other movies. Um, Let me so, guess. 
This is the movie where he's trying to win an Oscar. He's trying to he's trying for something. Because <laughs> you know they always have that movie after they have the big movie. Like we're trying to get like this deep movie where it's gonna be like Oscar nominee worthy and stuff like that and philosophical. This movie, yeah, the this, plot of this movie, something is and, and it's it's crazy because they they literally just say it. And then they leave it up to your interpretation. So it could literally mean anything. Because oh. <laughs> I think on the box, the tagline for it is the roles are reversed. And so oh, no. it's a world where I guess white people and black people have somehow, some way, at some point, right, unexplained, switched <laughs> social standings. And so Travolta is a, a white man living in the ghetto uh and harry belafonte is a rich he owns like a crazy ass factory too isn't it like a chocolate factory like, like it's, it's not, yeah it's like, Kelly? <laughs> uh, it's a but, wild thing but he's like the richest man in town like he's the richest guy in the area and john travolta gets fired because he accidentally looks in on harry <laughs> belafonte's wife undressing and then kidnaps Harry Belafonte and proceeds to drive him around town at gunpoint to get his job back. Did they did they kill John Travolta at the end? Because no. the, uh, if the role were no. truly reversed, he would be dead. <laughs> like, no, no, the shootout is true to form because they do still kill Harry Belafonte. They do kill oh, Harry so Belafonte. <laughs> Black guy still dies. So they were yeah. like, we can't go too far in this movie. Then it would be unbelievable. No. But the best part Tim, I don't know if you're if you're up to it. Uh, John Travolta is is method acting, I guess, because he's he's got the black scent going heavy. What? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, your boy was like, I there's work to be done here. I got to do the work. He was Chet Hanks before Chet Hanks. Uh, oh, you're. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's no. a scene where he like holds him up. Basically, he's like complaining about like like why he's in the situation he's in, why he's like working at a factory and he's like down on his luck, and he's just like, "Hey man, hey man, like you can't you can't just do that to me, man. You can't just do that to me, man. <laughs> like he's putting it on hard. Hey, what about that, man? What, what, What's that, man? What is? What do you mean by that, man? It's like, what? it's like he definitely like you can tell he like listened to tapes of black people for like a little bit and yeah. then just stopped getting on it and just was like, all right, I'm gonna do me and figure out figure but it out. Did he way. only listen to tapes of black people from like the seventies, like from Welcome Back, Carter? <laughs> well, what's crazy is that dude literally just shot Pulp Fiction. He spent half of like 1993 in a car with Samuel Jackson. Like, how did you not pick up? At least something authentic, like yeah. you, you just That's a good point. You just tried it on, and he's doing it directly to Harry Belafonte's face. Oh my and god! I Harry Belafonte, he's like one of the crazy. It's it's just crazy that he's in the movie because he's like when you think of Harry Belafonte, you think of the seventies activist yeah, running exactly. for president activist. or like you know, yeah, huge actor, huge activist. He was on the level of City Point Eight, if not like higher, you know. Yeah, and this guy does this like terrible. Terrible movie. Terrible. It's like not even there's not even an idea in the movie. Cause you're I'm thinking the same thing. You said like uh at some point black people, white people switch. So it's like, well, did 
did like white people invent jazz or did did like white people go over or did black people go over to Africa and bring over white people to work for them like how far does this go back where's the what's the line here but we're also like is is it is everything reversed so like is there like black elvis and like is there like white spike lee and like uh (laughs) making movies about the downtrodden lives of white people yo this is wild (laughs) i don't you can't so if you go to youtube and you look up white man's burden you can find scenes of the movie but it's because it was an hbo film and i don't know if you can watch it in its entirety anywhere it, or you have to you do know they locked that did. down yeah i think john Travolta was like burn it you know what yeah. i mean like don't we can't we can't do that <laughs> but we are now in one of the few in possession of one of the few dvds copies oh, of yep. this movie they, 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 they gonna sold it to south this one like now nah, we that don't yeah. exist <laughs> Well, there's another. We got yeah. a white. We got a white whale, quite literally, uh, because there's a movie. Free Willy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's a movie called Neo Ned. Uh oh. With oh, Gabrielle yeah. Union, and uh, Jeremy Renner, where they're both. I believe the plot of the movie is they are both in a mental institution. He is a literal neo Nazi. She falls in love with him. Oh no. And I think they try to escape is what I believe, but like literally, like you can't I think Gabrielle Union and her team did a thorough job of making sure that you cannot <laughs> see anything for that movie. Like you can barely find clips of it online. Like she's she's <laughs> made sure that that is not gonna be part she of her. Made sure D Wade put up his money. <laughs> To make yep. sure that movie didn't exist anymore, anywhere. Because <laughs> we've tried, we've looked. I, I, I keep, I keep looking it up, and it's like you don't, don't do that. I'm, I'm waiting for a Gabrielle Union cease and desist letter. Like, just stop. I, yeah, you, you will get that email one day. It's like, like I hear you looking. Stop looking. <laughs> I got, I got one more movie to ask you guys to check out. If y'all haven't checked it out yet, but it's, it's a classic because of how bad it is. You guys ever heard the movie Soul Man? Oh, we oh. have seen Soul Man. <laughs> Damn! I showed. I was thinking we wouldn't have to talk about it ever again. To 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 a friend, a white friend of mine, and he was flabbergasted that because he was born, I think he was born like in the nineties, and he was like he was flabbergasted that this movie existed. Mm-hmm. That so, it even got made. That it got made. And for those who don't know, the plot of Soul Man is this. Because I remember this by heart. Because I saw this in theaters before it came out. Oh, no. The plot of Soul Man is this. It's about a white kid. It was, uh, was it, uh, what is it, um, Philip, what is his name? Uh, I'll look it up. The famous actor. C. Thomas Howell, right? C. Thomas Howell, yes. Right. Yeah. C. Thomas Howell, famous. He's, He's this, like, rich kid who's trying to get into this Ivy League school. But because of quote unquote affirmative action, they're not accepting it, which that's not how affirmative action works. But okay, he's exactly. not gonna, <laughs> they won't accept him. So to get into the school, he makes himself black. Like literally, he makes himself black. He, he learns how to talk jive, he, he paints his skin color, he gets the tans when he looks black. And to make it okay, 
the movie decided, hey, let's make him fall in love with a black girl. <laughs> and it is one of the most offensive, ridiculous, stupidest movies I've ever seen in my life in the 80s. So even, even with all that, the craziest thing about the movie is that not one black person looked at him and said, come on, dog, stop playing. Yes. Because he doesn't Everyone look black. Everyone bought it instantly. <laughs> he doesn't Everyone look black. Like, Hello, I mean, it is it is literally the hello fellow kids, like hello fellow Negroes. Like he yes. just walks to school. <laughs> it's like everybody's like, "That's a black man." Like I have no clue. He plays basketball. Everybody's like, "One of us," you know what I mean? Like, but, but that's what worries me is that like white people think that black people must sort of sort of look like that. Is that why they're like just like, "Oh yeah, that's that's Jerome. He just moved to town." Like, why would you? Why would you, I would never? If a black person did the exact opposite thing and like tried to run around white, I'd be like, "Hey, hey, bro, hey, bro, is there something? Do you, is there something wrong? Is everything yeah. good? You got a skin condition or something? Are you Sammy Sosa?" Yeah. <laughs> well, because because that's the thing we did. So we did this movie, and then we did a movie called Black Like Me, uh, which is oh. the, the OG of this. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> but it's like in both instances, you you look ill you know what i mean like that's not yeah, how you skin look, looks <laughs> you, know I mean? you look so, like you have jaundice something is wrong with you so i don't think anybody would look at you and be like hey what's up dog they look at you and be like are you okay you need to go to a hospital <laughs> you need some electrolytes bro or something yeah, like you, you said <laughs> see thomas howell literally looks like he has a bad like tan like he has sunburn yeah, and and in both instances, I mean, this is probably because it's a movie too. But it's like they already don't know how to light black people in films, so like their skill, right. their skin looks dull. Like it look, like it's, it looks matte. Yeah, you know, yeah, it looks matte. It looks painted exactly. It don't even look like he can sweat in there. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't like, reflect. Looks, so that's why it's like, what's happening to you? Yeah, it looks in like both it. movies, Black Like Me is the worst because it's it's in black and white. It's yeah. posed as a documentary. Yeah, that this guy just went through this life like that. And then uh, C. Thomas Howell is like, it's for jokes, but it looks like he's hot under there. But he did marry Ray Dong Chong. <laughs> he yeah, did marry he did. Ray Dong Chong in that movie. And she was like, no, I mean, in real life, like yeah. after that movie was done, they got married. <laughs> Wait, I'm learning this in real life. What happened? What is what? <laughs> for a after year, they, they made got that married. Movie, yeah. And then, and then they were like, somebody knew I this enjoy was a your company. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And this was like she was like she was like the black girl that was in every movie at the time. She yeah. was, like she was about to be a star, that. like Color Purple's like right after that or something like that. You know, she was about to be yeah. one on one. And then Stacey Dash was like, watch out. Watch out. <laughs> Stacey Dash was like hot off that enemy territory. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this has been a blast, fellas. For sure. Yo, this is great. Not, man, let them know where to find your podcast at. Let them know where you find your Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah, this has been fun, man. Got to ha have you guys back on. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, Cam, you want to do it? I do it. Yeah, uh, you do it on the show, so uh, I'll do okay. it here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, you can find us on the internet wherever you find your podcasts. We're called White People Don't Say White People Won't Save You. Um, if you want to get involved with us, maybe be a guest on the show, uh, check us out. Email us at um, white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. We have a, a Twitter. His mama named him Twitter. I'm gonna call him Twitter. <laughs> uh, white underscore pod. Uh, and uh, anything else? Do you have else? any problems with that Twitter name? 
Feel like that Twitter name could be problematic for y'all. I mean, the name of the show. I feel show. like our podcast name. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the whole. I feel weird telling anybody. Any, I feel weird telling anybody what the name is. Like I, I got podcast. A, oh, bro, what is it? White people won't say. It's a litmus <laughs> test, though, right? Because when you say it, just every somebody, time, it's just kind of like, how does that make you feel? <laughs> like what, exactly. What, there hey, you go. Hey man, let me holler at you on Twitter. What's your Twitter? White underscore pod. Like what? <laughs> it's the white pod. <laughs> but if white people go there, hey, they might learn some or get offended. It's like up to you. Like, what, what do you want? Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. This has been great. Uh, anything else you want to say before we go? This has been amazing. No, nah, I mean, you know, like we obviously appreciate you having us on. Um, you know, people listening to the show like i think that the number one takeaway from the show i think isn't necessarily like don't watch these movies like don't like don't like some of them don't yeah you know some of them don't (laughs) most uh, not most of them either just but a select few definitely don't watch them there's some movies we watched like we watched like django and we watched the matrix and we watched you know a couple other ones that were like these are good i mean i like these movies you know what i mean like i can Mm -hmm. obviously see the problematic elements of some of them but like these are still movies that i watch and enjoy i think more so though like if if you look at how persistent the trope has been versus like because what we we often say is like these movies also get our best right like Denzel's been in this movie Samuel L. Jackson's been in these movies um Jamie Foxx like, I mean name them like any talented yeah. black person up from I mean, we did a Sidney Poitier movie like all from the 70s on you know what I mean and even further back I mean these movies I mean if you go all the way back to the beginning of the film where they didn't let us be in the movies you know what I mean like mm-hmm. we're still there being saved one way or another so like these movies still have some of our best best actors and like I saw a, a clip recently of Robert Townsend talking to Questlove on his show and just talking about how he one had like maybe the worst audition of his life and that's what inspired him to make Hollywood shuffle. Um, but in the making of Hollywood shuffle, like he just told people, Hey, this is what we're doing. Like come through. Like, I don't really have a lot of money. You know, I can pay you and labor and I can do all these other things. Like when they did the scene in the movie theater, he was saying that he offered to mop the theater and like and and here's a hundred dollars and like and that's and that's it and they're just like hey just be out by 11 by the first movie you know and like so he he hustled very hard to get that movie made and like you see the amount of work that black people put into you know their craft and you see just how talented so many of these people are and the fact that tony todd is playing a vampire <laughs> gang leader <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the fact that viola De- davis is playing a maid that whoopi goldberg is playing a maid that all these other people had to go through all these roles where it's not necessarily that like you know look slave boobies all that stuff like slavery is part of black history you know like it's unfortunate but like it's part of our story like it's not that they yeah. shouldn't be told but like if we're only slaves and if we're only gang members and if we're only you know this that and the third like it's very limiting and you know i think our viewpoint is like it's the white gaze that's limited right like blackness is infinite blackness expands blackness has so much potential it's the white gaze that limits that and you know we really want to break that up so when you listen to the show that's I mean we 
we clown these movies because they need to be clowned, <laughs> but we'll also get into, you know, what it is for people of color, you know, in these movies and in these spaces and like, we're, we're really advocating for that and for more of that. So I think that's, that's our message as a show. Like people hear the name and they're like, Oh, like you guys are going to, you know, be, I don't, I don't know what people maybe assume that we're going to get into <laughs> where they hear the name is, the name is provocative intentionally. Um, but like, we're we're less about you know kind of like oh we're gonna get at white people and more so like we're uplifting black people and people of color because that's what we want to do and that's what the show is about so like I love it. yeah if you, if you if you are a fan of film if you are a fan of you know black culture or just culture in general because i mean they do it to all of us we've seen movies with asian people we've seen movies with south asian people we've seen movies with native people we've seen movies <laughs> well they, they got us they got all of us in these movies and so like you know we we want to talk about all of it um but you know like there's so much talent coming from all you know different cultures and all different places and so if we can if we can do our part to kind of uplift that while making you laugh like while talking about the ridiculous of these movies like that's that's what the show boils down to so yeah that's perfect that's a perfect way to describe everything i love it thank you guys for coming on and as always delva cox experience we are out peace peace